You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome, Sid Talk. You were so quiet there for so long. Welcome, Sid Talk. Come I nearer. Get, I can't get closer and do my other stuff. Don't so do your other stuff. Come nearer I, I can't to the podcast. just pod- talk to you for an hour and a half. Come to the podcast area. <laughs> Come into the podcast. Come to the podcast area and do some podcasting. Come I'm here. over to the dark side. Okay, uh, we're a bit late this week, aren't we? We didn't. No, fine. We, we didn't tell the viewers that we were late. Right? Why would they know we're late? They're not viewers, are they? Because they, no, they can't see us. I didn't that's what you said. <laughs> uh, why would they know we're late? Um, I I forgot to. Uh, communicate to them that this do you think everyone's just like got fingers on buttons waiting at the same time people have a routine with podcasts because i do like i know it when they come roughly not exactly but i know on a tuesday night i'll probably have a giant bombcast to listen to and if you don't are you devastated like life is gonna sometimes and then i'm like where is it where is it and then i go and look and then i then i will see a message from the those people saying oh sorry it will be tomorrow morning because we're late but me being an irresponsible did not provide that information okay let me just break this to you gently not everyone cares about when podcasts come out i'm just saying <laughs> so i wouldn't and worry some about people, it so some people on it. their morning drive to work possibly listen I, to us i can't argue with that and this morning when i have to listen to something else. millions of people were devastated this morning when the after the show that's podcast. the news well the reason is i had a family graduation and i'll be screwed if i'm gonna tell my family to go away so i can watch a movie that's just the way it is so that's how it is in this house if something else comes up that isn't podcasty that has precedence it's going to get more it's going to get more attention you could have done it by yourself but that would have been boring. Yeah, we had a family graduation. The nephew we discuss, we talk about often graduated from high school. The reason you want me over there is because you got this way over there. So. <laughs> like they know what I'm talking about. It is Monday, May the 18th. And this is after the show. Number Did we have a before the after the show discussion? That was it. That wasn't it. You were just talking to me about that. Are you just, are you into a, come on, let me, let me get the. I want, I want to interrupt you and have you start where you left off instead of start no, I'll over. I'll have to start again because you, all right, here we go. <laughs> no, you don't have to. It is Monday, May the 18th. <laughs> you have to start over every time. Oh, I have to start again now. <laughs> You're just bringing it on yourself. This podcast is going to be very long, ladies and gentlemen. The Sid Talk <laughs> won't let me start. Oh, <laughs> That you have to go back to the beginning every time. Okay, we're going back to the start. It is Monday, May 18th. Move on. Monday. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is Monday, May the 18th. And? And this is after the show. It is Monday. <laughs> Okay, it's not funny anymore. All right, so stop laughing. <laughs> it's not my problem. It's your problem. Not mine. All right, before the after the show discussion was Sid Talk laughing about what I'm... Oh, yeah, I'm going to start again. It is Monday, oh May the 18th. It is after the show number 376. The movie we're looking at this week, because we are a movie podcast. Look, I'm going now. I'm going. <laughs> 
We're a movie podcast to we review Blu-rays, and this week's Blu-ray that we're looking at is American Sniper. It's a 2014 movie. It's actually released this Tuesday, which will be tomorrow. You'll be able to pick it up tomorrow, which would be the 19th. It won't be tomorrow. It'll probably be today for these people. The 19th of May. <laughs> if they're driving to work today. Monday, and they, they were, May the 18th. They were devastated yesterday because <laughs> we weren't around for Monday morning trends. Trends. Transmit. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. Transit to work. Then today is Tuesday. I'm going to have to start again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's hot in here already. All right. It is rated R, and it's from our friends at Warner Brothers. And Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of American Sniper. Really? The most popular war movie of all time, and I have to tell everybody what it is. I'm going to say it's about an American soldier... Who was a sniper. <laughs> and it's not, it's really about being that. I mean, that's what it is. It encapsulates the effect of being a, not just a soldier, but a sniper on an individual and his family. And sort of, you know, the the capsule that that fits in, in his experience, in his tours of duty. Okay. Really so getting into the movie based, based on, on a based, true story. Loosely yeah. based on a true story. Yeah, based. Uh, I don't know how loosely. I think it. Well, I think it's pretty loose. Obviously, yeah. we've discussed. That was the before the after the show discussion. This, this guy is called is Chris Kyle. Most people will probably know about. No, this most guy. people will not have heard of him. Um, unless they saw this movie. I mean, I mean, they probably heard of this movie, and he was discussed a lot when this movie came out. But he wrote a book, his memoirs of being a Navy, Navy SEAL. Are we going to spoil it? Because I don't know. Yeah, if there'll be fair. spoilers in this podcast. As usual. Did you know the end? Of yeah, the I didn't know the ending. Yeah. There'll be spoilers probably in the next 30 seconds. It's like, a, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a news story. It's a, it's a it's the best-selling book of last year. It's But not everybody reads and not everybody knows the story. That's why they're watching the But anyway, movie. there could be some spoilers. So what I was saying was um, he, Chris Kyle wrote a memoir of his time. Is it the Navy SEALs or is it the Army SEALs? I, I don't, this, are they called Navy. Navy SEALs, right? Why are they called Navy SEALs if they're... Um, that's where they grow Long up. Base. That's where they're brought up is the Navy. Right. They I do everything, not just water, but they're trained. Yeah, they did in the explain Navy. that in the movie, didn't yeah. they? When he goes to the recruitment office. So yeah. this movie is basically his career in the military. I I, I did notice um, watching this movie. Like I just a, thought it was about him. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't notice watching because it, it starts off with him as a child. Um, I, I noticed watching the movie that Clint Eastwood likes to. To it, to it. Like, yep. it, it feels like it's on fast forward sometimes. You're like, ooh, there we go. No, now he's doing this, now he's doing this. He doesn't linger over a lot of stuff. He's really straight, you know. And I felt that a lot in this movie. Like, it could have been a longer movie, but then again, it didn't feel too long. He's not really sentimental, I don't think. I don't know, actually. I, I can't, I never can get that vibe from Clint Eastwood, whether he is um, super sentimental mm. with something like Jersey Boys that we just watched. Which he did. Or, you know, more of a straight talker, straight to the point, old geezer like, you know. <laughs> but, um, so this movie, uh, what did you think of this movie? What I think about yeah, it? Yeah, what was your overall thoughts on this movie? Uh, well, thinking about it's different than the experience of watching it as a movie in this case. So as a movie, it's a good movie. It's a well-executed, well-made, looks great. Acting's fantastic. I don't. I couldn't fault anybody that as I was watching for being 
I just nobody nobody lost it. You know, I mean, nobody lowered the no. Every, it seems to be everybody's serious about what. But they then, do. what I think about the story is different when I know it's a true story and I know some of the what you were presented with as the truth about the story in different story things you can read about it. That makes me think differently about it as a way to tell this story, but through a filter. So. I mean, it provokes um, some discussion. After we watched it, we went and looked up the real-life events, um, which are pretty close to what the... You know, well, the real-life events as the book was written by Chris Kyle, so the real-life events are just his word, right? So aside from things that can be, you know, dated and yeah. the military can fact-check and accuracy, exactly. there's a lot of possibly gray area to this thing because it's wrote by this what this guy and it's seen through his eyes and he has a certain point of view and that's he's going to say and then it's not necessarily just through his point of view anymore as we find in the extras true so um there's a big lots of filters going through and this movie had its fair share of controversy because people see i read about this people seem to think it was a bit too black and white well, that's one comment, but no, that was that I was mean, the controversy. Like I looked, and it was it was reviewers and um, politicians and people, everybody looking at this film. There was it wasn't. But it doesn't make any sense. Black and white. What does that mean? I would want them to explain. To it me wasn't what it means. filled in enough historically. They said, like that doesn't make it black and white. Right. I so think that's a misrepresentation, unless they're talking about something else. No, they were talking about the 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 book even and the movie were both right. But they're ta- if they're talking about how we're portraying the whole of this military action and war in the Middle East through the period of time, that the- of course it's not going to have everything. What the hell? What the hell do they think no, it's going to be? I, I, it's it's a lot. Right. So the, the points be- are a lot simpler than that. What they were saying were that it's very sided towards Americans, like Americans it's, clearly. And it's, it's called American Sniper. And it's... Some people said it's a... What, pro, anti-war? Not anti-war. Pro-war. Pro, pro-war movie. Right, and I said, I'll say to these people listening, to I said to you, that means you're not very smart. You're not smart about what you're watching if you think that. It's not... It's not a call to arms. It's not a story that's trying to rally the young men into going to war. It's not a story to tell all the wives of fallen soldiers that they should be stand up and be proud of everything their soldier husbands did or um, accept all of the problems that come home with war. No, it's not that all. It's about one man's story. If we're talk- we're going to cut away the reality part of it and just say this is a let's pretend it's a fictional story. That it was written from scratch and not based on anybody real. It's really just a story that tells you about a certain personality type who does go to war because of his motivation. Obviously, 9-11 and other Middle Eastern things that were happening at the time. That was his motivation. We can't argue with that. We can't decide that we need to complicate that because his story is this. I'm this type of person. I'll kick your ass if you hurt my brother or my family. And now I see somebody hurting my country and I'm going to kick their ass. It's very straightforward because it's his story. Then we see how you take that person, grow him up, get him in a marriage, get him with children. And he's this mixed personality type who sees horrible things, goes to war, does some horrible things in his own probably moral checklist. They're they're not all going to match up with what you do in normal society, obviously. And how that affects him, his wife, his children, 
everything. So to me, that's the story. Now, if you decide you're going to blanket it with this like, oh, you're telling everybody that Americans want to kill everybody in the um, Middle East because of this one character in this one movie, well, then you're full of shit. And if you want to jump on the bandwagon because everybody else is saying it, fair enough, but you're wrong. Not you, but the people who say it are wrong. Right, I can see. Of course you can. <laughs> well, I can see both sides of this of this point. Um, what after watching the film, it is definitely uh, it. It doesn't glamorize war or anything, but it it does kind of, it, and it is based on this one character. Yeah. But I can definitely say, and you said it earlier, people. The re- this is like the biggest grossing movie of last year. Not just the biggest grossing. It's a, just it's just a huge. It was a huge success. And I can see why, because people do love a, we've got to get the bad guys, be it America, Britain, whoever. Like, say Britain had a big war, and then we were going to get our revenge. Obviously, it's a rousing thing, isn't it? You want to see... Right, and the same thing applies. If that's how you take it, then you're also not looking at it intelligently. No, and I feel like a lot of people would have took it that way. That's what I'm saying. So... And they're wrong. Yeah. So, but it... I don't know if the, there's a, there's definitely a gray area in this movie. Well, no, because you know the intentions of the filmmakers, and that wasn't their intention. So if you decide the intention is this and it's not that, then you're wrong. Well, no, I don't think you are wrong because I think the the filmmakers' intentions and not sometimes what ends up on the screen can not exactly be what their intentions were. Like it can just come off differently. Like it can. As for your interpretation, and if you're wrong, then you're wrong about what it is. Art is interpretive, yes. But if their actual intention is not to rally it, people to go to war with the Middle East... But it East, is pretty heavy-handed in its... For me, I, I feel it was. It's pretty, like... I feel like it was very singular on this one... It didn't show... It wasn't like all the Americans around him were the same. It didn't have whole groups of people that you rooted for. Like, it wasn't like Aliens... Where you meet the whole ensemble cast and everybody has a personality. Now you want the whole crew to like succeed and beat the bad guys. It's one man and he's surrounded by people of different... Ver- and some of the, his fellow soldiers even say, what's the point, man? Another soldier gives up, you know, emotionally. Which is very like a Another soldier, now. like no matter what he does. But you're not getting to know them intimately. So I'm not seeing it as I'm rooting for all these Americans. I'm following this one guy through whatever impact it's going to have on him. And I think that was their intention. Now, but my criticism, told. if I had a criticism of it, I would like to see some more of the, of the bad guys' side rather than them just be no no voice um, bad guys who are just there to be shot at. Why? I just feel like it would make it a more interesting movie. I, I like... They're people too. But do you not understand their With motivation? their own motivations and their own look at the other side. Okay, here's what I think when they're telling when someone's written a story like this, in particularly this war of Americans or not just America but other like Brit England, Canada, um, Western Europe, it really is that clump of nations that seem to be always opposing ideas that do come from extremist ideas in the Middle East or other countries, you know what I mean? Like, we have very different views of life and of the world. It just sort of has evolved that way. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, important. Oh, it's important. But it is fairly... I'll think of it. The, the bad guys in this movie. That's what I was going to say. 
don't that, have a... Right, but we know our point of view. We do, and that's why... Right, but theirs is the exact it's same. It's just on the other side. That's why is. I think people don't understand about the their view. I'm not saying we agree on lifestyles or like how life should be lived or any religions or anything like that. I'm saying we see someone attacking our own, quote unquote, and our ideas and the safety of people we care about and the safety of people who maybe can't defend themselves. And therefore, we are going to try to defend them. And if that means killing the bad guys, also in quotation marks, that's what we'll do, right? They see it exactly the same way. These are people killing our people, threatening our way of life. Whether I agree with their way of life or not, which I do not on a lot of levels, lots and lots and lots of levels, it's the same story on both sides. So all you're going to see is a soldier from that army. Who it has doesn't a family. mean you shouldn't... Yeah, but what you're yeah. going to do is see a soldier and he's got a family and the wife is worried and you're going to see that he's trying to... He's got a brother who died in the war or his father was killed or his village was I bombed. actually think that would make it quite powerful. But it powerful, isn't um, because you already know that. That's what I'm saying. You don't need to dummy it down just so everybody gets filled in with the other guy's I, point of view. I think there's a valid story in that. Only if it's honest. different. Yeah. But it's not different. No, it is different. It isn't different. It's the same story on both sides. It's just I don't think it's sides. exactly the same story on I'm both not saying sides. exactly word for word. Uh, what I'm saying is the baddies, the baddies in this movie are voiceless and almost faceless. Yes, you see a couple of... But most... Right, but so are we from their point of view. We are nobodies to them. We are faceless bad guys. They would refer to... If you made a movie that was completely flipped, where the movie was about their sniper, and you only saw... The Iraqi soldiers, right? And you heard all about their lives. It would be the same. That's a good point you just made. Why aren't there movies that... Why? There probably are. We're just not from our countries. Um, Iraq makes movies. Mm-hmm. We just don't ever get to see Why them. aren't they Iraq sniper, Iraqi sniper? Or, you know, like there the equivalent is, kind of but movie. But we don't like. see them, do we? We don't get them here. No, but we we'd know if they existed because somebody oh, would say, hey, I look, disagree. there's a movie that's like American Sniper, but it's from the other side. I disagree. And say that is interesting. Yeah, well, I move look, look around a lot you of film do. circles. So you would. I often say, here's a movie from Helsinki that's really awesome. Or, you know, like people do point stuff out that's really awesome. But I don't really ever see like war movies from the other side. Just. I'm sure they exist. They do, but. Um, American, and then what I'm saying is... American ones stand out because they can do that, right? Well, we're in America, yeah. for one. So we're going to hear and see it most Yeah, of but it. people in Britain know what this movie is. This movie is a huge, big movie that's sold everywhere, right? Even around. Yeah, but we don't even know about... Do, is this movie sold? In, no, it isn't, actually. Because there, that was another controversy when this was released. Cinemas in Iraq wouldn't show it. Cinemas in the, across the whole of the Middle East wouldn't show it. I remember that being a thing. Right, and because their point of view is it's glamorizing someone mm-hmm. and an idea... That dehumanizes them, which is also incorrect. It is, but maybe that's why we never see the ones from Iraq. Do you ever think, I mean, maybe they're banned. Maybe they are refused to come through the channels because because we don't want, they don't want us to see. Yeah. But it, what my point is, if you watched a whole movie from an Iraqi soldier's point of view, not just Iraqi, we won't just say that, but I mean, any soldier that appears to be from, Let's say it's 1943, and you get to see a movie that's completely from the side of a Nazi soldier. 100%. Like, you're you're supposed to root for him. You're supposed to care about him. He's got a family. 
He's rooting. He's you know trying to save his his country because he's been told it's being under siege, and now we need to grow an empire to make the world a better place. And the whole thing is about him. But his story is the same as if you're watching a, a Great Britain soldier's story, where he's got a family, and their ideas are that we need to make the world a better. That place. story is only the same if you don't know what what the Nazi what what the Nazis' whole story was. Right, but that's irrelevant, really. If once you once about, you say the Nazis, then no, it's yeah, a, but it's isn't. A different but tone is, to the story. That's the that's my entire point about this movie. That it's not about America trying to hurt Iraqis. It's about one guy. And so that the war that he's in and the story that he's in is just a, an outer shell. And what's on the inside is that the ravages of war on a man and his family. And every story, every story around the entire world for all eternity, right? For all of human history, for every warrior, every soldier, the background of that soldier is almost all going to be the same. They have a mother, they have a family, they have people they care about, they have a village, they have a city, they have a country, they have food they want to feed their families, they have stuff they want to defend against being attacked and stolen from them. And that's it, really. That's why I think when you try to make it a political movie, it doesn't work for me. Not you. I mean, when they're trying to boil it down to that. Like, it's some kind of message. Right. Now, as far as the movie goes, I actually really enjoyed it. I think it had some really suspenseful action sequences. Agreed. And snipers, um, you know, a sniper's job is to assist the... Uh, it, well, it can be two things. It can be one, you, you go to a place and you take out a, a target. Individual might, target, that's it. You might have to wait for three days for him to go past, but like you'll be, you'll be in a position and you'll wait. Or you'll be helping the ground troops, the ground troops. You'll be close by, like this guy does a lot, this Kyle guy. Uh, and they're doing like little patrols and he's Overwatch, as they call it. Um, and he does, seems to be a specialist in this Overwatch kind of scenario. Now, I found it really, intense and exciting them and you know it's horrible war obviously but it's just him lying on a roof and there's scenarios going down in front of him often one here one there one there and it just made me i was in the mind of a sniper going you are he's literally having to make these decisions without asking anybody well he kind of is asking yes sometimes like see, you, yeah. you, you can say like you know this is happening but he needs to make split decisions of there's a man over there has he got a gun? Has he not got a gun? What's he going to pull out of his coat? Is he holding something? You've got to kind of sometimes make a decision before he pulls a rocket launcher out and shoots a tank. And I was, it was so tense. I was like, I don't even know how these people can deal with it. Like, it's, do, do I kill that child? Has he got something, a grenade? Or is he just picking up a football? Like, it's, it's hard. And I don't. Impossible, really. And to I, cope with. And like I said to you, the, the scenes in this movie when he, he does like these four tours of duty. But the scenes where he comes home and he's, you know, we all know about the post-traumatic stress mm -hmm. disorder. And he's slowly getting that. And, you know, there's, there's he one... Thinks he, he thinks he's immune. He does. Like, just... there's no way it could affect me. But then a lawnmower starts outside and he, you can see him prick his ears up and he's like, uh, something's happening. And I, I said to you, I don't even know how people could go back to normal life. And this movie does a great job of that. That's what it's about. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, but I'm saying it does a great job of the... Here's this... It's like a surreal situation. You're in this... You're, you're doing your job. And your job is killing people. And 
Now it's time to go home and here's your wife and kids. And there's and no killing people anymore. And she's talking about the little girl losing her tooth and we're talking about a birthday party and oh my god, it's so... How like, would you be in... How could you... But the thing is, yeah. I, plus, you know, you're you're the dude who's just been in that such an intense thing and you come home and it's time to, you know, be family man with your wife and kid. And, you know, your friends are still there doing that and you could actually be saving yeah. their lives, maybe. Or, or sat here. you know, I don't see how people can operate in those. Do you think that once you've gone to war, that's it? You should just stay at war? And some your, people do. As a career? Uh, can you stay forever? Like a, Not in war, but I mean, you can stay in the military, obviously. You can and just then keep you'd going. get deployed and you'd get sent to places. I don't, I think they understand I now. The people in an, in, like this guy, intense, you know, you're actually sniping people, uh, killing people on a daily basis. You kill a lot of people. How can you go back to not killing people? I mean, you don't want to kill people, I'm, I'm assuming. But this guy, in his in his biography, actually said he enjoys killing people. So. In his biography, or something quoted no, the outside. No, that was it. in the biography. Hmm. I thought that was a quote. That's what I just read on that Wikipedia. Was controversial. That he said I enjoy not enjoy killing people like everybody, <laughs> like kill, killing the enemy. Right. I don't know if that was in his book or someone said he said that. Right, but. So I don't know if that's in his book. I think he's. I think he might have said he said it on CNN. That there right, was a couple of quotes he said on CNN. Yeah, right. But that still came out of his mouth. He said it. I don't know. I didn't hear it. So. <laughs> well, let's say he did for just for this argument's sake. But we don't know that for sure. Right, but that's the controversy around this movie is those um, quotes he said. Not just that. Those are things. Yeah. Plus, like they said, he like see. But if we. You could say, you know, well, I'm not adding to it. I'm just saying that we can't just boil for the people. There's stuff listening. in the Wikipedia that says he's a he's a liar, like a, a, he lies a lot. They exaggerate a lot of things to make himself seem bigged up. Like. But then we don't know that either. It's like you don't really know all the things. So the right? book, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. You have to take this with a pinch of salt because the book's wrote by this guy who later was proved maybe did elaborate on some things or make himself look a bit. Yeah. But I'm not saying. But the army. Marines, SEALs, did confirm he killed 160 people. 160, it said. So he he wasn't exaggerating that, because that is an actual fact. But I thought it was 150, but 10 doesn't make them a difference. Well, I just read the whole thing, actually. It was 160, and sometimes it's 150, and sometimes it's 160. And he said himself, like, um, they seem to have the a number, and it fluctuates. He calls it I, the news number. Right. And this is the number that It's official this week. Uh, it's 160. Last week it was 150. So it moves around, like, but... 160, 150. It's a lot of people yes. to kill, right? And that's a lot of a toll on a mind or a man. Um, but then is it? That's the thing. If you are a person and that doesn't... There are going to be humans, whether we like to admit it or not, who who gravitate toward military service, who actually are, don't have a problem with that. If they're focused on, you are my enemy, and you are a threat to me and mine, and I, w- I have zero, I have zero moral thing about killing you. Because if I don't kill you, you're going to kill me or hurt my family. And that's it. There's no nothing deeper. I think that we all want to think there's always something deeper, but I don't. And that's what you think about is that there are moments you see the way that Bradley Cooper does it, that you're like, he's blank in there about this situation. Other than he's focused on, you're going to come to my America and hurt my my family, my friends, and that's it. So you have to die. 
One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie was, and it's a real, it's kind of a simple scene, but he's in the, um, he's going getting his car tires changed or whatever, and he's in a, he's in one of those places, and a man comes up to him and says, "You saved my life, you know, we were, yeah, we were deployed together, and you saved my," and he said, and it, it's the the reaction that Bradley Cooper, Chris Kyle gives is because the guy's saying, you know, you're a hero. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be here without yeah, you. Yeah, he's basically like, you know, he he can't think of enough words to, to how grateful he is. And it's this, okay, mm, okay. It's this very, like, like, he can't deal with it. Like, Or I care less about that than I do about the other side of it. But it's also like he can't take on the like he, the hero thing is like he doesn't really like I, okay i've heard it don't keep saying it like, yeah it's almost like stop let's move on to something else now like i don't need all that like and it, and it was really well played by him i thought it was like uh, interesting scene and then he kneels down the man and he's saying to his like yeah. let me say something to your little boy and, and just the look on bradley cooper's face is like he was just good all the way through i'm not completely comfortable with this whole this situation is not comfortable even though Something good came out of this. Yeah. You, you're alive, and I helped you, obviously. You know, it almost came across as, I don't know if I remember you 100%, and I'm kind of, you know, it's all kind of blasé to me. I, do, I just yeah. do it. Like, I, I'm just this, you know, people call him a hero. Is I do it in of, the moment, and then it's over. Yeah, and I don't really want to dwell on it, and we want to, I just want to move on. Like, But he plays it really well. Um, now, spoilers... And I said we'd do spoilers, so turn off here if you don't want spoilers. Because it's a big spoiler. <laughs> the ending. The ending like Foxcatcher that we watched. Um, and you didn't know about the mm. Foxcatcher story. And Not the, fully, no. The ending of the Foxcatcher story is almost like a punch in the face. It's like, whoa. Wait, don't spoil that one, too. But you, but you know what I'm saying. Spoiler it's, for Foxcatcher, everybody. It's a... <laughs> it's a... Woo. Uh, yeah. I kind of expected something, but that was not possibly what what I thought was coming. Now, this one, true story, a lot of people know because it's been in the news. How it ends, I thought was pretty well done, to be honest. It didn't... So let's explain. Chris Kyle's a hero. He comes back from war. You know, he's the well, most he's considered lethal, by some to be a hero. The most we won't lethal declare slave. him as a hero because that's not correct for No, but I mean seen as a hero by many people, including a lot of people. He dies. Including a lot of people. How many did it say? 2,000 people. Uh, no, a two so mile... So you just said the ending right there without explaining it. No, I just said it. I've already done the spoils. Um, no, I meant you didn't mile, There's a happens. two mile... Well, I'm going to tell that in a minute. There's a two mile procession to his funeral. So he's considered a hero, right? That's what I'm saying. To many people. Right. So he dies. He doesn't die in the course of his action. He dies. He's murdered in civilian life. Murdered. Now he took on in civilian life um, after the after the being deployed a help. What you call that? Like a, he just went and helped a vets mental cope situation. With, yeah. Right? Like so, he goes to vets and helps them out. And he so, he so happened because he's such a good sniper. He takes these disabled vets to you know, shooting ranges and coaches them, which is, you know, using his skills and also helping these vets. And he is killed by one of those vets who's a schizophrenic, you know, a dude who admitted to killing him. And But we don't know any of that. All of it says that, all is that somebody killed him and that was it. Right. And this guy's recently been imprisoned for life. So I thought 
that that was well handled in the movie because you couldn't dramatize that, I don't think. And interestingly enough, this movie was wrote and finished and then that happened. It was written, but it wasn't made. Right, written. The script was written. And then that happened, which makes, if you think about it, makes this a different movie. It was, because they said they had it all written and done. Then after this happened, they didn't know if they were going to do it. Then they called the wife called them. Then they started over. Rewrote it all. Yeah, and it made it like more of a family. like Which I think was is probably made it better, because they focused more on him as a man rather than... That was the whole point of the movie. I don't know why people don't see that. But it wasn't before, was it? I don't know. I didn't well, that's I didn't what that guy it. said. He said <laughs> it was it was more written as a... Like the book is. Which is more like... It's just him telling his story. Right. And that movie sounds like it would be more like what people want to claim the movie More straight up kind is, of yeah. movie. If yeah. they want to claim the book is that, I can't argue because I haven't read it. But. but I think they handled it well at the end because it is literally a line of text on the screen and then real footage from his funeral procession and his actual... Funeral, um, not his actual funeral, but his what do you call it? The um, memorial, memorial thing in a big football stadium because he was that. It was his funeral, his casket, and everything right. was there. Um, and it, I thought I was well handled. Just one line, and then th- those footage directed by Clint Eastwood. Not let's dramatize this whole thing yeah. on the shooting range. That would have been tacky, I think, and and I just think it was well done. Actually, it was like, you know, I knew that that happened because I'd known about this story, but it still got me. I was like. <gasps> Really? Yeah. After all that After we've seen this that. person go through, that we've yeah. been fictionally presented with, right? And then to have that in an instant, dis- which is a, it's a, it's a really common story side though. Side blow thing. Firefighters who fight fires for thirty years and then they fall off a ladder, fix in the roof, and die. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like think of all the policemen who do thirty years of law enforcement, retire, and then. Three years later, have just mowing the yard, have a hard deck, and die. It's like all that stuff that you've gone through, and yet something in what you guess you call normal life. Yep. So, uh, moving on to the cast of the movie. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the movie. I want to say I really enjoyed it. I thought the action sequences were really well shot. Clint Eastwood has a really good eye for... Obviously. <laughs> yeah. and He loves shootouts, Batman. He that does man. love shootouts, but I think it felt real to me, all that stuff. All the stuff with the military stuff. It, it just felt... Well, we've never been there. Yeah, but I mean, there are some movies which feel, like you said earlier... Like a Hollywood more. Like a, like you're in a movie of what watching a shootout movie, in a movie. And you said Saving Private Ryan. I don't, I don't agree with that choice, but something like... The Dirty Dozen. It's clearly a movie going down in front of you. It's 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 just a it's a movie, you know? People are shooting each other. I think Stephen Fry Ryan is clearly movied up. Well, I think that is super... That, to me, is more real than something like The Dirty Dozen. But let's be honest, we don't know. No. But this <laughs> felt, to me, like... You know, like it was going down. Like I was watching uh, sometimes because he does some some handheld camera in this movie, like a documentary. Like somebody's following these soldiers along, um, and it it felt it just felt dan- if if it feels dangerous to me, like like holy shit, this is terrible. You know, one thing they 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 one of the dudes in their platoon was really into graphic novels, and it, this is a true thing. They uh, he loved the Punisher. So they, they'd spray-painted the Punisher's logo on their uh, tank, and they all wore the Punisher's logo on their armor. And I was thinking, surely that wouldn't be allowed, because it's like putting a big target on yourself. Because Chris yeah. Kyle, at some point in this movie, 
had a bounty on his head because the other side have figured, oh, he's like the best sniper ever, so we'll pay you to kill him, right? So that would be a big target, like having the Punisher sign on you, wouldn't it? Like, you're one of those, so you're possibly Chris Who knows? I mean, you've seen things painted on tanks. And we have, yeah, but I always think that's, that's probably a bad idea because any intel from the other side who's all they need to say is, that cl- clan has this. And then, you know, you go and shoot at those guys who have the big Punisher symbol on them. But, yeah, I'm sure it happens because it always has, hasn't it? Even in the 1940s, they had, like, pin-up girls painted on the side of the planes and it was it was like a personalised touch for the crew. So, uh, moving on to the cast, Bradley Cooper plays Chris Carr. What do you think of Bradley? I've already said. He's do you like Bradley in general? Do you like his, all his performances? Not always. I don't think. No. I haven't seen him in loads of things. I re you know, it was in Limitless, which was, you know, it was more of a uh, nah. fun kind of movie. I, I actually, that was one of the first times I've seen him. I quite like that movie, to be honest. It's like a superhero movie, but without like a I don't think so, but... superhero in it. Um, and then he did A Place Beyond the Pines, which is a fantastic really movie. And he is fantastic yes. in it. Um, you know, and then he did... I think that he has things in this movie that are unbelievably subtle. And it is not him. No, it's he's, one of those roles. He put on a bunch of weight for it. Yeah, but even that, it's not. It's the facial. It's his eyes, and there are, he can tiny bit squint his eyes, and then he pops them open again when even the music isn't there to back it up, and you can see the character thinking. And I think that that's a. And he puts on the Texan accent, and he you know he, ob- he obviously does not talk. Puts the like chaw and he's under in yeah. front of his. Uh, in front of his lips. Which he's studied, like, must have studied the Chris Carl guy. I mean... It sounds like it. He met the wife. Yeah. But, um, yeah. The I, window, I there's times where you're like, because of this, there's a transformation. He has he has a beard. He, you know, sometimes I'm not thinking of Bradley Cooper. I'm thinking of this... See, tough. I don't think that you should rely on the body and the face and the... I mean, the look of the person or the beard or anything. Because that's just, like, extras. But if the person themselves does things that, you know... Because you can put anybody in a costume, can't you? Yeah. And pretend they're somebody else. But it's his behavior, the way he stands, the way he moves all the time, the way he um, handles that gear it's, on him. It's I definitely just... not him. Yeah, he's no. Do, yeah, so it's it's fine piece of acting. Um, Sienna Miller plays uh, his wife. She's good. Um, and she's a British lady. She does well of not being a British lady, mm-hmm. I found. Um, and she's pretty natural, too. You know, one one other person who was in this movie was like a really shitty baby. Let me just yes. <laughs> let me just say two of them. Third in the third in the cast was uh, what plastic wooden baby. baby, plastic baby, plastic baby. It was terrible. Rubber well, baby. Why dog. couldn't they get a real baby? There was sometimes, but it was very obvious when it wasn't. When and when it wasn't, it was off putting. In was. fact, I was the scene. There was one scene where they were passing. And it was he really had serious. It, he had it, and then he gave it her. And I completely wasn't listening to what they were saying because I was like, that baby is so distracting. It stop, is. Stop messing with the baby, put it down and just talk to each other. And I was like, wow. Surely, you know, you could have a baby. Well, I don't know how Maybe it, it was late at night and there was no baby. Maybe Clint Eastwood doesn't like babies. Maybe. It's a lot of work. But yeah, this movie does win an award for me for worst prop baby ever in a movie. <laughs> I mean, you can, have a, you can have a prop baby in a movie and we've seen... We watch like a soap opera, EastEnders. They have prop babies occasionally. Very rarely, though. But you can see sometimes it's not really the baby. But they 
they don't they handle it well. They kind of keep it still, or they hold the them really show. tight. But in this one, it's just they didn't. It seems like nobody was really looking. Like it was just bad. But anyway, it doesn't detract from the movie. But that scene, I don't clearly think it did because you're still thinking about it. I, st- I don't think I heard what they were saying because I was like, "Wow, that baby is it's it's almost funny, like because it's so bad." But now everybody who watches this is going to be looking for the baby. Yeah. You can't miss it anyway, right? So um, she was really good, Sienna Miller. Um, and then I put down... There's not many people I put down. I put down Sammy Sheik, who plays Mustafa. Now, he's like the rival sniper. He's on the opposing side. I found him really like intimidating and just relentless. Like when Chris Kyle's like, you know, behind this wall and the guy's just... Yeah. The guy knows he's there and he has to pop his head up if he's going to leave. So he just keeps firing. Like, And I'm like, wow, this relentless... He's singularly focused. He's going to take down this dude. See, that's the thing to look up. Because in the movie, that guy is an Olympic... What's it called? The the shooting and... Biathlon. I think that's what he got gold medal in. So he, so he like... A, so he's now the sniper. Like, he's their prized sniper, yeah. right? So he's got a whole story of his own. He can run, he can climb. I wonder can, if that's true. If yeah. that's any part of the truth, you know? Yeah, I wonder. And then finally, I put down Kevin Lax as Dauber. Now, interesting, there's a guy who plays one of his squad. Who is his, is his who is The guy. Who is he plays Chris himself, Cowell's basically. Guy. Yeah. And I didn't notice. And yep. you'd usually do notice that in movies. If there's somebody who's not an actor and they've brought them in because they're good at military expertise or whatever, you're normally like, oh, yeah, that's the guy who doesn't yep. talk much. That's or, the real fireman. That's the real policeman. You can always spot that. <laughs> yeah. But this one, I didn't spot it. And, and they mentioned it in the extras and I was like, wow, that guy was actually good at acting. I was convinced. Um, and it was handy for them because obviously he'd work with Chris and he knows actually the military stuff. Like if you're holding that gun wrong, you can... Hold it right, because I'll show you how to. So, uh, yeah, those are... And directed by Clint Eastwood. We all know Clint Eastwood. Is, we talked about him recently, because Jersey Boys... It doesn't seem that long ago, even. Um, it does to me. His last movie. I don't know why. Because it was, like, a long time ago. Um, he's just... He's one of the greats. He really is. He, he was... I, I'm not 100% sold... You know, Clint Eastwood, I know he was super beloved in Dirty Harry and all that stuff. It was never my thing, really. I was not really into the tough guy kind of... Was you? Mm. I mean, I liked. We watched them. I liked the westerns. I really, really liked like the westerns. westerns. The ones with, with, I don't like westerns at all. I, they, they kind of boring to me. Westerns, they always were. My granddad used to sit down and watch westerns, and I would sit on his knee and watch them with him. And it wasn't my thing. I'd rather be watching spaceships or whatever, you know. But Clint Eastwood movies, where the man with no name. Never there was it. something about well the whole series of those. There was something about those where it didn't it a feel. Series? Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, a bunch of spaghetti westerns that he made. I don't know the names of there them. There were all. series. A few dollars. Yeah, it was. A, I think there was four or five of them, where he plays the man with no name. Oh. But all those movies, they didn't feel like westerns to me. It was like this cool guy, like he's you know shows up and he takes on the whole town. Like it was different to other westerns. So I did like those, but like Dirty Harry and stuff, it never really, you know, I never really got into that. But I've liked Clint Eastwood through the years in, in as an actor. You know, Space Cowboys was a really fun movie. I still remember it. I know it's not his greatest. No. Um, the Western one he played, which I think is one of my favorite Westerns. What is that one where he's with um, Tommy Lee Jones? Unforgiven. Unforgiven. That is a fantastic Western. It really is. I think yeah. he directed it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And, in it, and he stars in it, too. Um... 
But yeah, I think he's a fantastic director. He seems to, as we said before, he's very like just straight to the point directing, like Bradley Cooper. Torino, Gran Torino. He was good in that. Like Bradley Cooper says, you get no rehearsals with Clint Eastwood. Yeah, you just you, come you just right have in to and know it, it yeah. and then then you turn up and he lets you do it, right? That's a different way, isn't it? There's yeah, because we've seen movies where they say we started rehearsals three months ahead of time. <laughs> and and you know like, I always get the vibe from Clint Eastwood. He's talking in this uh, extra, and he says eh, Warner Brothers contacted me, and then he's like he he knows. He said I wanted to make sure they had like a screen, you know. Oh, and they did have a screenwriter, and they did have a script. It seems to me he uses what he can, like from everybody around. Like he doesn't want to do it all himself. He right. wants to just have a big team, and the thing will happen. Like and he is. The director. Yeah. He tells each person and each element what to do. He doesn't need to mess with all the... He needs to be there behind the camera and seeing how it is. Yeah. So I, I think he's very efficient and he... I, we don't need to be messing with that rehearsing. You guys sort that out and when you turn up, we'll film it and we'll see how it goes. And they say he just leaves the camera running. Yeah. You keep doing it <laughs> or whatever until he's finished. But I think he's a really good director. He... he Think of Jersey Boys that we just watched. It's a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. Even it's a tonally different. The whole thing is obviously. <laughs> no, it's what a I mean musical. is, it, you you cut is like Spielberg, as where you can go. I can't really tell what a Spielberg Correct. movie is anymore. It's just like you know he tries his hand at all kinds of things, and it always seems to be quality. I agree. So um, there are some extras on this Blu-ray. Two. One's The Making of American Sniper and the other one's A Journey of American Sniper. They're both pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, they're both 30 minutes each, so you do get 60 minutes of a uh, documentary. But I, I would um, say watch The Journey of the American Sniper because that one actually has interviews with his wife, with Chris Kyle's real wife. We and, know that the other one does. And it's more, well, it, the other one is more about the te- like making the movie technically. This one is more about the story of Chris Kyle and how, you know, Bradley Cooper got into it and they talk about the meetings with him. Bradley Cooper didn't meet him, did he? But the writer met him. And the story's about Chris yeah, Kyle. Yeah, he met him. That's why when he yeah, said... Yeah, he did yeah, once, he, yeah. yeah. But the stories of Chris Kyle where, to me, there's the real Chris Kyle... Because there's those stories there where he says about going meeting him. And then there's the Chris Kyle that Chris Kyle wrote about. There's yeah. two different men, it seems to me. Because that that guy, that which seems a, a little bit mean, maybe, is not the guy we get portrayed. Right. So there are stories about Chris Kyle there. So um, in conclusion, what do you think, American Sniper? Does it deserve... Well, it didn't actually win any Oscars. Mm-mm. It was nominated for a bunch. I think for quality storytelling movie when you look at it through just straight up for what it is it's really good yeah you try to decide that it's uh preaching at you or telling you something or it's trying to rally you or not rally you make you pro-war anti-war whatever then you're wrong and it's probably gonna not seem as good but if you're just watching it like here's a dude and i'm gonna see him go through some shitty stuff and then over here is what people are fighting for, as we are all sort of gr- brought up to believe in. Like, if you go to war, you're defending our way of life, essentially. Right. And protecting others who should be able to have their own way of life. But as long as it's not, like, destroying everybody else, right? So, 
if you watch it like that, that's what he's doing. And the reason he's doing that is so that we can have this way of life where we have birthday parties and talk about stupid shit and we just sit around doing podcasts and sure. whatnot. But how does that, what's the toll that it takes on the person who has to go between those worlds? I think it's excellent. One of the best, if you call it a war movie, I don't even know people define it as that, but if you call it that, it's one of the best ones I've ever seen. Yeah, it's very well acted. And yeah, if you can, I don't, Personally, the controversy is not there. It's Some other you were talking about movie-ish ones like Three Kings and Jarhead. Those are movie. Yeah, Jarhead, mm-hmm. which is a sniper movie. Yeah, which is more of a movie. Hollywood, Stylized. yeah, exactly. It's, it's, just, those just pop into my head. Yeah, and it's Three a good Kings. movie, Jarhead. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't feel realistic to me. It feels yes, there's an element of realism. Three Kings, not at all. But it's, it's a kind of, statement. Yeah, those it's, movies it's more have a statement. statement yeah. yeah. Whereas this is, we're going to tell the story of a man, and this is it. Like. It's based on Inglorious Bastards, which <laughs> is which is alternate alternate universe. It's very anti-Nazi, yeah. which you know, shockingly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thank you for what to Warner Brothers for the Blu-ray. And next week's Blu-ray review will be Lost River, which is the first movie directed by Ryan Gosling, starring uh, Matt Smith, who used to be Doctor Who, and Joan from Mad Men. So we're going to watch that next week, Lost River. So movie recommendations this week. I am going with. Obviously, uh, American Sniper, I based them on it. My first one is Bradley Cooper in A Place Beyond the Pines, also starring Ryan Gosling, which is a, a good link to next week's Not movie. to be mistaken with last week's A Place Among the Tombstones. <laughs> yeah, A Place Beyond the Pines. Excellent movie from a couple of years ago. I don't think many people saw it. It kind of came and went. I didn't hear many people talk about it. You should see it. It's very, very Gosling well Gosling and Cooper, did you say? Yeah, I just said. But no. It's a good link to next week's movie. Because next week's movie is directed by Ryan Gosling. I got it. Uh, and the other one is Lone Survivor, which is Marky Mark war movie. War movie. And we saw that recently, you know, last year. That movie is also based on a book, based on a true story. And that feels very realistic to me. In fact, it's grisly, that movie. It's like this intense situation that I felt like there's no escaping. Uh, very excellent, I thought. As good as this movie. Also today. based on a book written by a soldier who returns from yeah. a Middle Eastern situation. And it's, a, it's this true thing. We're sort of in a phase right now. Because that's been going on for so long, isn't it? That we're... Now we're plucking the stories out that aren't just rally the troops, but the effects of it. Because that... It, yeah, and that, that was... Um, that movie is similar to this movie in a way. It's You know, it's kind of the same realism it's going for mm. and it was a good movie you know but there again that movie was um it did have a lot of kind of flashiness mm-hmm. to it whereas this one doesn't it's straight up so um yeah that is my recommendation my recommendations are the green zone with uh, matt, damon. matt damon and i'm not sure why but it came to my mind i think because it's sort of a a nod to hidden things in these war and political situations we don't know anything about. You know, we don't hear about these on the news where someone's actually going in to, like, they're kind of, like, undercover and spies and they're infiltrating where they think someone like an Osama bin Laden or something like that might be. And then yeah. we will never hear about it until, obviously, horrible, bad things happen. Or we may never hear about it. And that's what that kind of touches on. And I think, and political about, you know... People profiting from war and one man who just wants to do the right thing in terms of his job and in the middle of a war situation. So 
that's good. A, that's a Paul Greengrass film, but it is like more on the Hollywood type yeah, of Walt. Yeah, definitely. Movie. But um, but it's a, the theme is you know, a person in the middle of. It's definitely an interesting, like something where you don't think about it. Exactly. And then you're like, wow, really? Things like that happen. That they have to happen yeah. in order for intelligence to happen and all that stuff. And then the other one is completely off topic, but Die Another Day. Now, it's one of the worst James Bond movies. It's a James Bond movie. In terms of the Bond girl, quote unquote, because I do not like Halle Berry at all. But she's in it. Madonna's you don't like Catwoman. I don't like Catwoman. Oh my god. Does anybody like Catwoman? It was terrible. It was really bad. And it's not because of Catwoman. I'm just not a huge Halle Berry fan. Don't like her in X-Men. Don't like her. I thought that monster movie, I mean, as a movie, it was like... Monster movie. What? Oh, monster. Monster, yeah. She was fine, but I don't understand why it was so... I guess because she just let herself go in it. But anyway, off topic. Die Another Day. In the beginning... Is James Bond stripped of everything? He's got nothing. He's got no support. He's got no backup. And yet, even though he's fictional and it's a spy kind of shit, it's still the idea that you are sacrificial to the greater good, even if you're James Bond, you know what I mean, in a fictional world. And how, you know, in his highly Hollywoody fictional world, one man has to, you know, do what's right for, what do you call it? What do you, how do you say it? Queen and Country. Yeah. God. I'm, I'm all country. for any Bond movie. I love Bond. <laughs> well, that one just made me think of it because he's stripped of everything and has to basically rally his own self up to do his own little fictional spy work. Fetch my shoes. Oh my God. That's the first one. That's Dr. No. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, didn't very, very Fetch well. my shoes. And the woman gets dragged along by it's her wrist. Pretty, pretty funny. Never so, um, games and Ace Scully stuff this week. I've been playing more Project Cars, which is a excellent racing game. Playing it with the wheel. It's on the PC. I told you about it last week. Project Cars. Um, it's awesome. And the second one is, it comes out today actually, Witcher 3. Now, the Witcher series of games are these RPG games that I've never actually played. There's two of them. Um, me and uh, my nephew started to play the second one and we both got bored of it like really quick. Oh, and, really? And then moved on to something else. Right. Because we just didn't like it. It's like the combat was really wonky. How did you decide you were bored? We just like got to a certain point and went, yeah, should we play something else? And maybe something else came out that was cool. How long did you play? Probably 10 hours. And you, you gave it 10 hours? Yeah, but it's like a 100 hour game. 10 hours of your life to decide it was boring. Yeah, well, well, no, not that it was boring, that it was like, uh, we've kind of seen what this has to offer now. It yeah, no, it wasn't hours. actually that good, no. Yeah, but in terms of that, okay, people don't know this. It could you be only good. play for like two to three hours at a time, and that's only one or two days a week. So that's over like a probably three played week period. Four, probably played four days. Right. Um, and we, then we were just like, I think something else came out, maybe a new Assassin's Creed, and we were just like, we'd rather play that. So. Right. So I've never actually played The Witcher 2 all the way through, and I did play it on the Xbox 360. Maybe it's better on the PC or whatever, but I'll probably never go back to play it. Anyway, The Witcher 3 is coming out today, um, and thanks to one of my friends who bought it on Steam and happens to be on my friends and family list, I get to play it for free. Thank you very much, person on my <laughs> list. Um, so I'll give it a shot and see what it's like. Because I hear it's a lot better than the other two, and the combat is actually better. And now it's like an open world game like GTA, so you just wander around at wherever you want, investigating the world and looking for things to do. 
that's kind of more my cup of tea, so I'll give it a go. But it's The Witcher 3, and it's out today. It's out on all consoles, but not the old consoles, just the new ones. And it's also out on the PC. So that is it, really, for my stuff this week. Um, aside from, I just want to give you a heads up, that Mad Men finale was last night. The end of Mad Men forever. <laughs> and we watched it, and I can't be happier. It was awesome. Really? It's, it's You know, like I said to you, I have my favourite television shows of all time. It is actually in that category. Yeah, but your favourite TV shows haven't always ended in the best of ways for you. No. Which... Well, The X-Files, is it, it was kind of just went to shit towards the end completely. Like, it was just like, oh, I don't even want to watch it anymore. That's right. what happened to it. Which is not good, is it? But I like the beginning of it. Well, First beginning, three or four beginning years. and middle. I think I like it up to about season five, maybe? Mm. And then it just starts to go downhill. The Sopranos, I like the ending of The Sopranos. I'm not one of those people who was like, oh my god, he ruined the whole thing. No, I liked it. And The Sopranos is right up there. Game of Thrones is right up there. We haven't seen the end of the Game of Thrones. No, I'm not saying about seeing the end. I'm just saying about, oh, about the series ends of shows. Yeah, Fargo is absolutely fantastic. True Detective was fantastic. You didn't like didn't it as like much it. as I did, but I really loved it. I thought it was so atmospheric. Um, the end wasn't not, not just the. I mean, the show. Yeah, the general. show's fantastic. The end is challenging. But the end of Fargo was absolutely perfect, it in was. my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, if you don't know, Fargo is not just a movie. They made it into a TV series just last year. Right. Billy Bob Thornton and Martin... Uh, Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. It's one of those times, and it doesn't happen, where I prefer that over the movie. I think that TV show is... It's ahead of the movie. I mean, the movie's really good, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's awesome. There's just more to the show. Yeah, it feels you, like... Substan- yeah. And it's the same quality. It's not like, oh, it's this TV show. And it's not railroading the movie because it nod, it's it, it part of the movie ties story. ties into the movie, yeah. But it's not part of the movie story. It's kind of weird. Now, Dust Till Dawn was a really good show. Yeah, Dust Till Dawn is also... Rivals the movie. Even though the movie's very kitsch and very nostalgic for And us. we watch the movie when we watch the yeah. show. And the movie... People might not even know Dust Till Dawn is also a TV show. Yeah, and that's a, that's another thing. But where... it's a redo of the whole story. It's not just like Fargo is like there's the movie, and then over here is part of a story that has Fits. clues to part of that story. Yeah. It's all in the same world, but it's not overwriting it. It's not no. starting over. You're not replacing anybody. Dust till dawn is we're going to retell the story. The brothers are different. Everybody's different. We're telling the whole story, but we're adding to it. And that improved it because we went yeah. back and watched the movie and went. Oh my god, it feels so short. It's like um, they get to the, it gets to the point really quick, and then there's a lot of action, and then it's over. And we were like, "Wow, is that it?" Is but then it, you watch the show, and you're like, "That's what because uh, it's Ro- what Rodriguez." It, he wanted to write. And Rodriguez said when he made the TV show, because people were saying, "Why bother?" Like the movie exists, and he was like, "No, that would be the movie, and this would be like the novel." Right. Like I had a bigger idea for this, and this would be it. And, and, I, and I need ten hours to tell that or more because we're getting a second season. But yeah. Mad Men, it was, I think it was, it's just like a really classy TV show. It's really funny, but like subtle, like subtle funny. Like things that Roger says, and they're just one-line things that you think about afterwards and go, oh my God, what he said was just... So it works on this, I don't know, I've not seen a TV show like Mad Men, to be honest. It's. I can feel you needing to start it again very yeah, soon. Yeah, and some people are like, some people say, oh, it's so mundane and nothing really happens. And you, yeah, you could say that. Sometimes, sometimes it's just a bunch of talking. 
But the talking's quality, like, and I want to hear everything that comes out of Do you think if you watch mouth. it again from the beginning, knowing where everybody's life's trajectory... It'd be to, different, wouldn't it, again? Yeah. But I hang on every word of everything everybody says in the, in Mad Men. I wasn't a huge fan of the ending. Of the end, last uh, last episode. Not just how everybody's story ended, necessarily. Just, it was what I told you beforehand. If it feels like, we are having this show for many, many years, and now we're going to end it. That's how it felt to me. Yeah, a little bit. And um, unfortunately, instead of just using the whole last season to lead us down each of those paths, like methodically to a logical end, mm. it was like the last two se- last two episodes were like, oh yeah, here, 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 and guess what? You know what's going to happen. Almost like, here's the movie that ends the yeah, whole exactly. thing, the two hours. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's that is how it felt to me. Like because the, the, as soon as Don branched off, yep. it went into this separate thing that was. Here's the, the the big ending to yeah. this. Um, I think it was satisfactory though. I don't. I'm not going. Oh my god, what happened? What happened? Yeah, what? yeah. I I I feel like I, I had all the bows tied off, and but I don't know if that's and good. it feels like a great experience. Another one I didn't mention: Breaking Bad, an- True. another like exceptional TV show that. How about Dexter? No. <laughs> True Blood. No. Oh, no, neither no. one of those. Even though we watched the whole of both of those. But you have to admit, Dexter was really excellent for two or three seasons. Excellent. And then it just fell apart. Like the X-Files. And, and True Blood. True Blood, excellent for a couple of seasons. Excellent two. as in kind campy, of just excellent. campy and over the top, and but weird and interesting. And we what carried if? on watching it Yep. for to like the, seven years. To the bitter end. <laughs> Oh my god, that makes us kind of idiots. Because we're what do you? We're, we're, I was kind of like, well, I'm better. in now. And then, There's no show that's gonna get better. No, you know what I mean. I don't know. Maybe, but you know what? I've given up on shows. I gave up on the X Files. I didn't watch Friends forever. Do any shows actually really go shitty and then get better? Do I don't know. Cause I'm I sure give up. something maybe does. I give up. I don't watch them all the way through. Yeah, I'm watching Agents of Shield at the moment, and I could say it's excellent. I recommend it to superhero fans, especially if you're into the Marvel thing. I thought it was going to be so cheesy and crappy, but the stories are excellent, and it's by the guy who did Buffy, so he knows how to weave a story um, in a kitschy television way. Yeah, so uh, that is it for my stuff this week. Oh no, it isn't. I think you'd like Buffy if you'd. Wa- it's a little dated now, but if you'd watched it at the time or even in the last few years, it's kind of. I've watched it. I also episodes. know a thing that I really think I would like, and it's Alias. Mm. Um, and I have the DVDs. I've got the whole season, the whole thing, and I always think I'm going to watch Alias. I'm going to watch Alias, and then never do. Sometime I'll watch it, and it'll be super dated, and I'll hate it. Yeah, right? but it'll um, be pretty dated at this point. But I feel like I'd like it because I think it's a bit like Agents of Shield. It's a bit. But you'll keep looking at Jennifer Garner going, oh my God, she's so young. Yeah, Because it's 12 or 15 years ago, right? Yeah. So, um, and the last thing I wanted to say is on Friday, uh, Human Centipede 3 comes out. So (laughs) if you're into Human Centipede, there's a new one on Friday. (laughs) Your tastes are varied. And uh, what are you going to ask me? What's for dinner? dinner? Leftover vegetables. Uh, Leftover cake. Because we had graduation little to do yesterday. So we have cake, we have raw vegetables, we have some cheese, which you won't be eating, and we have sandwich stuff, all leftover kind of stuff from yesterday. Pretty basic. And your advice? Anything. Except that the one I'm going to cook is the veg, like, because you watched a little video yesterday. Oh, it was really good. You happened to catch a video of a woman who's vegan who threw broccoli and mushrooms and garlic into a pan and just cooked it, and so yesterday I just 
After that, I was like, oh, it yeah. It inspired you. I just threw all the, you know, we have a veggie tray, and you have, like, carrot, broccoli, cauliflower, chopped up already. All raw I just stuff threw it all in a pan, threw some frozen corn in there. And it like, was delicious. It was fantastic. Vegetables I'm, are delicious. I am amazing. Oh, yeah, I didn't invent it. And um, my advice, I didn't make this up, and I don't know who to credit it with or where I found it or where I heard it or anything, but just... When you realize that you're... This movie kind of gives you... Gives me this vibe. That my idea or my thoughts... And there are many thoughts about lifestyle and the way life should be lived, you know. But one of my thoughts is you should live free from danger, free from threat. um, Without someone telling you as a woman that you're not allowed to be as equal to males as... A human can be. I mean, that just, that's one of my thoughts about life. And I've been taught that thought. I've seen what it does to people when it, when that isn't part of the way of thinking, right? It's damaging when you limit people and all this stuff. So that's one thought that I have. But in fact, I'm one thought away from my life changing. Because what if someone changed the way I see that one thing? Let's say I have a conversation or I go to a seminar or I go to some weird retreat or I end up with a group of people who just have a different thought on that one thing. And I then am convinced. And my one thought, it could be anything. It could be that I'm a woman. I shouldn't be earning the money in my family. I disagree with that. I think I should make my money and I don't, I share it as in I pay for our life and all this kind of stuff. I don't ask anybody for money except the bank if I need it for a car or a house. I don't rely on someone giving me a little budget and I don't ask somebody if I can buy a fucking pair of shoes. I do what I want with the money that I earn and that's it. That's the way I think. But if I were to be convinced by someone else somehow on that one thought My entire life would change. So it's like, if you think about all the things that hold your life in a certain bucket, one thought, you're one thing away from having a completely different life. You know, I don't believe in any gods of any kind. Now, if you were to say to a person who does believe in any particular god, and then you would have a conversation with them, and then they thought about it, and then they were like, you know what? I think that may be true. (laughs) Maybe there is no gods, you know. That's going to change their whole life. That one idea. It comes with a big package, but it's one idea. One thought can change a child's life from being a miserable existence to being excellent. Can change a co-worker's day from being a miserable day into being just maybe neutral, but not miserable. Or the other way around. You could change a thought in somebody's mind that makes their day go completely shitty. Just one. That's all it takes. Not a bigger house, not a bigger car, not getting losing their job, but an idea can just wipe everything else out. So one thought. Can change your whole life. You're one thought away of having a different life. Just one. You are. Think about it. Not like, oh, I think I like sugar in my tea right now, and tomorrow I don't think I'm going to like sugar in my tea, even though that would change my life on some level. Yes, but I'm talking about, like, it can actually rearrange your whole life. All right, so rearrange your whole life, everybody. <laughs> 
I want to remind you about our website. There'll be a list of thoughts that you should now subscribe to. <laughs> the thought you should be having is going to ascully.com or sibto.com and uh, looking at those wonderful pages. You should also go to Twitter and Facebook looking at the wonderful social profiles that are available to you there. And I'm at, I'm at ascully and she's at sibtalk. And you should also catch this podcast on the Stitcher, stitcher.com, search for after the show. Go to the iTunes Music Store, find it there. Find it on Microsoft Service, whatever that's called. And finally, find it on aschoolie.com. Click on the word podcast. You can subscribe. We have an RSS feed. It makes it easy for you to put it into any podcast reader. You can also email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email SidTalk. She really, really does not want to listen to your shit. And finally. Correct. Stay classy, Mr. Clint, Clint Eastwood. I don't know what I was saying then. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Awesome. I'm looking forward to the next movie from you. And I'm going to say think for yourself or somebody's going to do it for you.